0: Oh, it's that wonderful time of year when we start to break out the Christmas songs and we're getting excited, but Christmas is not yet. It's a time of waiting. And one part of our, of our waiting for Christmas uh, that most of us don't wait too long for is uh, to break out some of those Christmas foods. You know, we... Uh, we associate Christmas and our celebrations of Christmas with, uh, with all sorts of foods. There's the Cratchit's Feast and Dickens' Christmas Carol. There's the, uh, the Chinese dinner in a, a Christmas story movie. There's your own favorite holiday foods and traditions. Christmas and eating are inseparable. But Christmas foods can do more than just add to our waistline. They can add to our understanding of what God did so long ago and what God is doing today. And speaking of today, today on this first Sunday of Advent, we'll be looking at Christmas cookies and waiting on God. What's your favorite Christmas cookie? How many of you go for the classic cutouts? Uh, or, or do you prefer something even more traditional like, like krumkaka? Anybody, uh, there's a few fans of krumkaka, Uh the Spruits Eats website says that that's Minnesota's favorite Christmas cookie. Now, I'm not quite so sure. Uh, actually, I prefer Wisconsin's favorite, which they say is Rosettes. Do we have any Rosettes fans out there? They're kind of hard to come by, and they're, they're even harder to make. But uh, General Mills says that America's favorite Christmas cookie is the peanut butter blossom. You know the peanut butter cookie with the Hershey Kiss? Got any fans of those out there? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of those, too. In fact, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm a fan of every Christmas cookie. <laughs> I don't think there's one I don't like, but, but the best cookie I ever ate, I don't even know what it's called. As a kid, we'd gone to a, a woman's house, we were in 4-H, and we were, we we're learning how to make a traditional uh, cookie from her homeland. And it looks sort of like a, a Mexican wedding ball, or a a Russian tea cake, you know what those are? It looked like that, but the difference was the texture. It was the most melt-in-your-mouth cookie that I have ever eaten. And she said that the secret, the secret was to add the ingredients very, very slowly as you mixed it. She would take a single spoonful of of the ingredients, she would add it to the bowl, and then mix it for what seemed like forever, and she would take another spoonful, and I suppose it probably only took 15, 20 minutes, but that was far longer than my 12-year-old self could stand. (laughs) And they turned out to be the most amazing cookies. See, patience has its blessings. And to be honest, I don't have the recipe anymore because I think I tried to make them once and I just didn't have the patience. I just couldn't wait. It was more like scoop, 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 dump. (laughs) So I've never had those cookies uh, the same way since. Uh, Waiting is hard, it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait, especially at Christmas time. It's hard to wait for the cookies. It's hard to wait for Santa. It's hard to wait for Christmas break or for the kids to come home. It's hard to wait for this pandemic to be over. And it's hard to wait on God. But imagine how hard it was for Israel waiting for the promised Messiah to come at that very first Christmas. Do you know how long they were waiting? Think of some of those great advent prophecies from the scriptures, like the ones that are in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 says, Nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood would be destined for burning with fuel for the fire. Will accomplish this what a wonderful promise a king in the line of of David one whose kingdom will never end one who will be the wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace in other words the promise of a Messiah the anointed one or how about this from chapter 11 of Isaiah a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse Jesse was David's father From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, a calf and a lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. Again, the promise of the Messiah. And then there's perhaps the most famous of all, the prophetic promises of Jesus' birth. Remember when Joseph was wrestling with the news that Mary is pregnant and he knows it's not his child so he plans to call off the engagement? And an angel comes to him in a dream and he tells him that this child is from the Holy Spirit and that he's to name him Jesus because he will save people from their sins. And the Bible records it this way. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you know where that prophecy comes from? It comes from Isaiah as well, chapter 7, verse 12. All these wonderful promises of a Messiah found in Isaiah. But when were these promises made? Do you know when Isaiah lived? About 700 years B.C. About 700 years before that first Christmas. And we think it's hard to wait. Imagine waiting that long for something. Of course, we we can't wait that long, can we? Because none of us live that long. So this waiting is generation after generation The prophecies are read, but did anyone even believe them anymore? No wonder that first Christmas kind of caught the people off guard. Remember when the the wise men came to, to King Herod and asked him about where the newborn king was? Does Herod say, oh yes, we've been waiting for the Messiah. Just go down the road a few miles to Bethlehem and you'll find him there. No, Herod doesn't have a clue. He is, so he assembles all of the, the Bible scholars, all the teachers that he can think of to come up with an answer. That's what it says in Matthew chapter 2. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And who was the prophet that wrote this quote? No, not Isaiah. This one's Micah, who also lived about 700 years before Jesus. Does God always wait so long? No, sometimes it's even longer. Probably the the first uh, prophecy or earliest prophecy about Jesus comes from Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 18, where it says, The Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. And in Acts 3, it says that Jesus is the one who fulfills this. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Now Moses really goes way back. Aren't there some more recent prophecies? Well, yes, there are. When Jesus is pierced in the side after he dies on the cross, John reports that that fulfilled scripture when he says, they will look on the one they have pierced. And where do you find that scripture? In Zechariah, who wrote a mere 500 years before that first Christmas. God makes promises, 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 and then it's wait, wait, wait. 500 plus years or more. And it's so hard to wait. What have you been waiting for? Does it feel like it's been 500 years and God still hasn't answered? Was this last Thanksgiving another one of family conflict? You've been praying about it year after year, but at the same old fights and and frictions come up, someone always goes away hurt and you wonder when the prince of peace is going to come and bring peace to your house or have been or have you been waiting for an answer to your health issues maybe you're in a lot of pain even 30 minutes of pain can seem like 500 years and you've been waiting for the great healer to heal you and it just goes on where is almighty god When is he going to fulfill his promises? Or maybe it's been something good that you've been waiting for. Something like, well, more than Christmas cookies. Really big, like a fulfilling job or a partner to spend your life with or or an end to COVID. But the wait goes on. The wait goes on. I don't know if you heard in the news uh, about the 17 Christians who were Kidnapped in Haiti. They were on a short term mission trip, like many of you have gone on, I, I know. You know. Those things are supposed to be fun. You go, you help people a little bit, you always get more than you give. And this group had, had gone to Haiti, and they were abducted by a gang called the 400 Mawosa, a notorious gang who kidnaps people for ransom, and they, they asked for a million dollars for each one of them. And there were babies and children and teens as well as adults. And they came from Anabaptist Christian communities like the Amish and the Mennonites. Now imagine if somebody had kidnapped a a short-term team from here and asked for a million dollars for each one of us. Imagine waiting for your loved ones to be freed. Here's what the mother of one of the hostages wrote. Has a month ever been this long? We think back to the first few days when our hopes were pinned on a quick response and a timely release, and our hearts cry, Lord, how much longer must this continue? Is there something in your life that makes you cry out, Lord, how much longer must this continue? Well, I have some good news and some bad news. So when do you want to hear first, the good news or the bad news? Well, too bad. You're going to get the the bad news, no matter which one you wanted. You're going to get that first. And the bad news is that we have to wait sometimes. And we hate it. But we still have to wait. See, no amount of, of work or money or even prayer can make Christmas come tomorrow. It's just impossible. And even in things that are... Even things that are possible may not be what God plans. God's timing is not our timing. Think of all those people in Israel in those 700 years before, between Isaiah and the birth of Jesus. Think of all those people that wanted the Messiah to come in their lifetime. They, they didn't want Bible promises. They wanted to see him. They wanted the Messiah to come in their lifetime, but it wasn't to be. Even Isaiah himself hints that that it could be a long wait. In chapter 60, Isaiah says, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. At the right time. And God's time isn't always our time. Galatians 4 says this about Christmas. But when the time was right, God sent his son. And a woman gave birth to him. His son obeyed the law so he could set us free from the law and we could become God's children. At the right time. But the right time for God isn't always our time. For us impatient people, the bad news is that sometimes we have to wait. But here's the good news. The good news is is that God is working even in those times of waiting. God is working for good in all things, and God will keep God's promises no matter how long the wait. Joshua reminds the people of Israel that, chapter 21. He says, the Lord promised to do many good things for Israel, and he kept his promise every time. And 1 Kings also says, praise the Lord, he has kept his promise and given us peace Every good thing he promised to his servant Moses has happened. The good news is that even if it takes 500 years, or it seems like that, anyways, God will keep God's promises. So hold on. Hang in there. Patience has its blessings. Those unnamed Christmas cookies that I had so long ago were good because they had a secret ingredient. And that secret ingredient was waiting. Only if the cook is patient enough to add the ingredients slowly, one painful spoonful at a time, do they become something divine. I was too young to appreciate that back then. But now I know that patience can bring blessings. And I know that that we can wait even 500 years if it takes that knowing that God keeps God's promises. Christmas will come. The answers will come. Christ will come. So, happy Advent, the time of waiting. Let us pray. God, even those of us who have great patience find it hard to wait sometimes. There are moments that that we wonder, how long, oh Lord? How long must this continue? But we trust that you will respond to our needs just as you responded to the prophecies of the Messiah. And even if the wait seems like it's 500 years or 700 years, we know that in the end. You are still God. You are still in control. You still keep your promises. And you still love us. So Lord, we pray that as we go through this Advent season, whatever it is we're waiting for, whether it's Christmas or whether it's some other kind of miracle in our life, help us to hold on, to trust in you, to be confident. And Lord, Thank you for every sweet little reminder of that in the cookies that we eat. Amen. I invite you to stand.